we'd like to welcome you back to part two of our current event and weekly Bible study for December 4th, 2011, and we're going to go ahead and continue. This is We're going to segue now into this section on Steve Jobs, Apple, and the number 666. Um, so let's just go ahead. This is excerpts from uh, a newsletter that I had read, uh, Mark Cahill's newsletter. Seeing the world's reaction to the passing of Apple co-founder and CEO Steve Jobs has been interesting. It seems like he was on the front page of every website when he died. And of course, he had been on the cover of Time Magazine something like seven times during his life. He definitely was a popular man who made some big impacts on the world of technology during his years on the planet. Well, the Bible says that which is highly esteemed among man is an abomination in the sight of God. So, that's how I would, the scripture I would give regarding the first paragraph. To read some of the glowing reviews of this man, you would have thought he could do no wrong. So I decided to do some research to see if I could find more about him. Here um, are some of the things I've learned. He sold one of his companies for $400 million and another, Pixar, for $8 billion. But the Bible has many interesting things to say about the wealth of the wicked. Matthew 16.26 says, for what, is a, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Which is exactly what happened to Steve Jobs. Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Uh, iTunes, which is part of his empire, has sold over 16 billion songs. Uh, he, he poses the question, how many of those songs that have been downloaded do you think glorify the God that Steve, Steve Jobs had to give an account to upon his death? Well, I don't know if he actually had to give an account to God at his death. I think that's going to happen at the Great White Throne Judgment. Uh, but at his death, he plunged into hell, essentially. And, um, you know, I, I can't even imagine the penalty. I, I, I can't comprehend it. But he brings up a good point. How many of these 16 billion songs glorified God, glorify the Lord Jesus Christ? <laughs> I dare say very, very, very few. Revelation 2012 says, And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books according to their works. Okay. Regarding the great white throne judgment, uh, which is for unsaved people. The, the judgment seat of Christ is for saved Christians. Okay. Great white throne judgment is for unsaved. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, a quote from Steve Jobs. I have been shameless about stealing great ideas. End of quote. And he's openly admitted to that. And there's a link you can click on where I guess he said it. A YouTube link. Uh, if you want to click on that. Uh, Exodus 20.15 says, Thou shalt not steal. Uh, another thing about Steve Jobs. Uh, traversing India sparked Jobs' conversion to Buddhism. So he was a Buddhist. So he went over India and that, that, that sparked his conversion to Buddhism. Uh, Coben Chino, a monk, presided over his wedding to Laureen Powell, a Stanford University MBA. Jobs had a daughter, Lisa, out of wedlock with Christine Brennan. He denied paternity for many years, swearing in a court document that he was sterile. Later, he had three more kids with Laureen Powell. So the man was a total lecherous liar 
I mean, he that provideth for, for, I mean, the Bible says about believers, he that provideth not for his own house is worse than an infidel and hath denied the faith. So, talk about not providing for your own house. You, you get a woman uh, pregnant and then swear on court documents that you're sterile and then you have three kids with, with your wife. <laughs> That's pretty slimy. Perhaps the most important of Steve Jobs' values is simply to make an outsized impact on society. Or, as Jobs puts it, we're here to put a dent in the universe. End of quote. So it doesn't matter what kind of dent you make. It's a satanic dent, in his case. Because really, what is all this technology really... Has it made the world a more wonderful, more Christian place? No. It's pretty much done the exact opposite. And I've mentioned this in other teachings that I've done. It's it's just accelerated. Literally, the technology has literally accelerated the degeneration of planet Earth. It's, It's not making the world a better place. It's becoming more worse by the day. And technology plays its major part in that degeneration. Now, if the technology was used purely for good, that would be one thing, but it's not. And again, you could probably do a whole 20-part study on that subject alone, on all the ways technology is being used for evil. Is technology many times, can it be used for good? Sure. But when you have evil people at the helm of humanity, they're not going to use it for good. Going further, Steve Jobs is credited using the drug LSD as a big part of his success. In an interview with the New York Times reporter John Markoff, Jobs once said, Doing LSD was one of two or three most important things I've done in my life. End of quote. Are you kidding me? I mean, doing LSD was one of the two to three most important things he's done in his life? Well, it must have had a pretty big impact on him. Well, doing LSD is a really, really good way if you want to get demon-possessed. It's a really good way to to get demon-possessed. It's one of the best ways you could ever uh, open not only your third eye um, from an occultic standpoint, but also to literally open the door to demons coming to infest your body. But it was one of the two or three most important things he's ever done in his life, he said. He added that Bill Gates would be a broader guy if he had dropped acid at least once. Uh, Gates is no uh, wonderful, obviously, <laughs> person either, but anyway. Um, did you know the first Apple computer sold for $666.66? Don't believe me? I have the original ad. Got it copied and pasted right into the PDF for your viewing pleasure. Uh, so, doesn't everyone pretty much know where the number 666 comes from? Here's a hint, Revelation 13, 17, and 18. Now, I had gotten this email before, and I added this information into this teaching. It was from a listener named Ron, and it was regarding Apple computers, and he said, Hey, Dr. Johnson, I noticed that the website, www.churchofsatan.com, was made by Mac Computers. Anton LaVey, the founder of the Church of Satan in 1966, proudly used Mac Computers and says this on his website. Anton LaVey, okay? Uh, 
author of the Satanic Bible. Come on now, we got to give him full accolades here. Started the first church, you know, started the Church of Satan in San Francisco, California, May 1st, Beltane, High Satanic Holiday, 1966. He said, quote, Anton LaVey, it is also amusing to us that the company uses a corporate logo. Now, he's regarding Apple computers. It is also amusing to us that this company uses as a corporate logo an apple with a bite taken out of it. Which certainly appears to be a reference to that other famous apple, meaning in the Bible. We have not forgotten that the forbidden fruit, which would impart the knowledge of good or evil, offered to Eve in that mythical, he calls it mythical, Garden of Eden, by none other than the serpent and avatar of Satan himself. Is it not then strange that they would seem to fear the admiration of the church of Satan? In other words, Apple doesn't want to come right out and say, yes, the church of Satan endorses us. I mean, they're not going to get that far out in the open. Um, as Anton LaVey himself would have said, they want to dance, but their feet won't let them. Ah, oh, how clever, Anton. The entire letter can be found here, and he gives a link to that regarding this. He's, he's dead now, just so you know. He's in hell. Um, so, my response to this little email he sent me, um, yes, this is the history. The history of this company is undeniable, Apple in general. Um, see below, and I give this big response regarding this. I'm going to go ahead right now and play a video. It's entitled The Masonic Illuminati Origins of Apple Computers. And um, we're gonna, I'm just going to go run through this, and uh, I think this will add a lot to this study. So I'm going to roll this now. That's me in the background playing the drums, just so you know, on my techno, techno drums that I have. I'm just kidding. Teasing. Teasing. To find the meaning of the Apple logo, it is best to start at the beginning. Apple was founded April 1st, 1976 by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak and Ronald Wayne. The computers were hand-built by Wozniak and first shown to the public at the Homebrew Computer Club Group in Palo Alto, California. The Apple One went on sale in July 1976. A local computer dealer saw it and ordered 100 units. About 200 Apple Ones were built and sold over a 10-month period for the symbolically unsettling price of $666.66. Now, they're actually showing the uh, one of the other ads that Apple ran at that time. I've got the ad I've got in here shows that, too. The, the ad they're showing has a lot more text to it. Um, and uh, there's just another proof of that. But let's go further. Six cents. Apple's first logo was designed by Steve Jobs and drawn by Ronald Wayne, depicting Sir Isaac Newton sitting under an apple tree. The words Apple Computer Co. were drawn on a ribbon banner ornamenting the picture frame. The frame itself held a quotation from Wordsworth, Newton, a mind forever voyaging through strange seas of thought alone. Sir Isaac Newton was an English physicist, mathematician, astronomer, natural philosopher, alchemist, and theologian and is considered by many scholars and of the general public to be one of the most influential people in human history. Now, I had just done a teaching on Sir Isaac Newton not too long ago. If you just key in Newton in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com, you're going to find out all of the satanic 
connections this guy had. Um, alchemy and, and just all types of occult practices that he participated in. So, that very much lines up with, with what we're talking about here. Newton's scientific work may have been of lesser personal importance to him as he placed emphasis on rediscovering the occult wisdom of the ancients. He is probably best known for his work on universal gravitation. He built the first practical reflecting telescope, and he developed a theory of color based on the observation that a prism decomposes white light into the many colors that form the visible spectrum. Perhaps this is why Apple later transitioned from their original Newtonian logo to the more familiar Rainbow Apple. A prism is a triangular or pyramidal transparent optical element, usually made of glass, that refract light. It's used to break light up into its constituent spectral colors, creating the colors of the rainbow. This is something Newton worked on and developed in his work on optics. Is this Apple's way of telling us that they are of the light, enlightened, or in some way manipulating light? Or illuminated, like the Illuminati, or an angel of light, spirit, or like Lucifer, whose name literally means light bearer. And if Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, it's no marvel that his ministers can transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. They're not real ministers of righteousness, but they appear that way. So I just wanted to add that to it. Perhaps continuing the work of other people from the age of enlightenment, the Illuminati. The question is, are they illuminating our minds using technology? Now, what they're doing is they're showing, man, they really did the research on this. <laughs> they're showing ads from Apple from like, probably like the early 80s, late 70s, where they were using various figures, Benjamin Franklin, another very high level uh, occultist, uh, secret society member. They're showing various men like that. Um, and they're doing this play on Apple computers, and you'd have to look at the ads to understand what they're talking about, but they're showing ad after ad where Apple is doing this. In 1977, Rob Janoff, working for Regis McKenna as an art director, was tasked to redesign Apple's logo. Regis McKenna Incorporated helped start several Silicon Valley firms during the 1970s and 80s, including America Online, Electronic Arts, Intel, Microsoft, and many others. Although Steve Jobs and the designer Rob Janoff came out of the hippie culture, Rob said in an interview that the rainbow color was used because the Apple II was the first home or personal computer that could reproduce images on the monitor in color, so it represents color bars on the screen. Also, it was an attempt to make the logo very accessible to everyone, especially to young people, so that Steve could get them into schools. Another source stated that Steve wanted the rainbow colors because it humanized the company. Jean-Louis Gasset, the executive at Apple Computer from 81 to 90, was asked about his thoughts about the Apple logo. 
He answered, One of the deep mysteries to me is our logo, the symbol of lust and knowledge bitten into, all crossed with the colors of the rainbow in the wrong order. You couldn't dream of a more appropriate logo. Lust, knowledge, hope, and anarchy. Wow. I think he just said it all right there. Wow. Uh, so now we know... <laughs> the uh, true meaning of the Apple logo, at least one of the meanings. In the beginning, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak were building and selling the Apple One computer from the Jobs family garage on 2066 Christ Drive, Los Altos, California. The question is, where did these kids get the idea to build and sell computers? Wozniak was early on interested in technology, and he went to work for Hewlett-Packard in Palo Alto. Jobs held a summer job there, and later he took a job at Atari to save money for a spiritual retreat to India. Did you hear that? He was working with Atari, the, the, the video game, to save money to go on a spiritual trip to India. Sounded a lot like the Beatles, this guy. So how influential was the hippie movement, drugs, the counterculture, LSD, acid, when it comes to the creation of Apple? At a time when most computers were big as houses and only could be found in an industrial environment. Jobs got stoned for the first time during a high school summer, he told Playboy magazine in 1985. You could get LSD fresh made from Stanford. He and his girlfriend often visited a commune called the All One Farm. He practiced vegetarianism and experimented with more restrictive diets such as eating only fruit. The two Steves, Jobs and Wozniak, were outcasts while they were in high school. By 1975, they had withdrawn from Reed College and UC Berkeley, respectively. Cultural historian Theodore Rosak made the point that the Apple computer emerged from within the West Coast counterculture. Eventually, the rainbow colors in the apple were replaced by a monochrome theme, still with a light shining behind it. But more interestingly, let's look at the bite in the apple logo. According to the designer Rob Janoff, it is not a reference to the computing term byte. A byte is 8 bits. A bit or binary digit can be used to represent two states of information. One or zero, on or off, true or false, male or female, ignorance or knowledge. How about good or evil? The more bytes, the more intelligence, the more information you can store or process faster. What fruit is the apple referring to anyway? Is it Newton's apple that fell onto his head when he got the idea for how gravity works? Many have speculated that it's a reference to the father of the modern computer, Alan Turing, who was imprisoned on charges of homosexuality in 1952. He was first subjected to chemical castration, treatment with female hormones, and in 1954, he eventually killed himself by taking a bite of a cyanide-injected apple. And Alan Turing's favorite childhood story was Snow White, where she falls asleep forever for eating a poisoned apple to later be woken up by a prince. Maybe it's a reference to the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. The bite taken out of it would suggest that it is. 
If this is a reference to the apple from the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the Garden of Eden, then what does that make the apple company? Okay, now they're showing an ad here where they're in this guy's in a jungle. He's naked, but he's got an literally an apple computer covering his, you know, private parts. Um, he's got one of the earlier Apple computers. And it says in the ad, we're looking for the most original use of, of an Apple since Adam. Now, there, obviously, it's a play on words here, but it's, and then they've got the, the, there's a snake in the tree that's right next to the guy. He's got an Apple computer covering him. Um, and then the ad says, we're looking for the most original use of an Apple since Adam. So there's this big blasphemous play on words regarding Apple and the Garden of Eden. There's no doubt they've even had ads. Um, and this was literally a contest they were running. And it said, win fabulous prizes for creative writing. So be as blasphemous as possible, as irreverent as possible. And this is Apple's beginnings. So let's go further. The serpent, or maybe the knowledge itself. Malum in Latin means both Apple and evil. Is Apple aligning themselves with the adversary, the Antichrist, the snake, or Lucifer, the rebel and liberator of God's monotheistic tyranny? showing, I think this is some 1984-ish commercial, and I'm not sure if this is in regard to Apple computers, where they have all these people marching, and they're all mind-control slaves, and now they're all in the theater. Let's go further. scene that was just being played there there could be all kind of evil obviously symbolic things but they're literally talking about 1984 there and that was an ad that they ran um, regarding the Macintosh or what was known now I guess as the Mac computer in the 17th century the word apple was used as a generic term for all foreign fruit tomatoes were called love apples cucumbers earth apples Oranges were called golden apples, and the psychoactive substance Datura was called thorn apple. The plants told us, Jeremy Norby says in his book, The Cosmic Serpent. In particular, the plants communicate directly through images, feelings, and language during ayahuasca, datura, and tobacco-based ritual sessions. Could the hallucinogenic thorn apple, the fruit of the datura plant, be the real fruit 
from the tree of knowledge in the Garden of Eden. Well, obviously, from this, this isn't a Christian video we're watching here, but from a secular standpoint, that's what they're saying. Okay, could this be the real deal behind Apple? I think we've already seen enough, though, regarding Apple in and of itself to, um, and we're going to get into more information regarding this particular subject. Okay, we skipped over a little bit of things where they're just kind of like wild speculation. And I'm going to pick up here. We've got about a little over a minute left on the video. And yes, we know that Steve Wozniak is a sworn member of the Freemasons, initiated in 1980 in the Charity Lodge number 36. They're literally showing a picture of him in all of his Masonic, Freemasonic regalia of the Steve Wozniak, who is one of the co- or tri-founders or whatever of Apple. Two in Campbell, California. But by 1980, Apple's and Steve Wozniak's success was already established. Apple's logo had already been designed and gone through the major overhaul. The Woz have said that his reason for joining was to be able to spend more time with his wife at the time, Alice Robertson, who was a member of the Order of the Eastern Star, wow. a fraternal organization that both men and women can join. He said... So his wife was a member of the Eastern Star, which has, really, it's more even overtly satanic. The Eastern Star logo, it's literally an inverted pentagram uh, in a circle. So, which, you know, when you see the inverted pentagram, you think of the Baphomet... Uh, you think of Satan, essentially, Baphomet, the goat of Mendez. You think of the goat head, which actually fits into the inverted pentagram. It's considered um, black witchcraft. Whereas if you see an inverted pentagram with the point up, it's considered more white witchcraft. So Eastern Star is really some uh, very, very satanic organization. He quickly rose to a third-degree Freemason. He says that although he took the necessary oaths and is a lifetime Freemason, he doesn't actually put a whole lot of stock in the mystical and religious overtones of the oath or the order. So the question is what influence joining the Masons had on him and Apple. Well, you could you could speculate on that as well. But we're, we're not here to just, you know dissect every little tiny we could do that but that teaching probably would end up being like 10 parts but I just kind of want to hit the high points here so we had read this this um, quote from Anton LaVey and um, now we watched this uh, this YouTube video or we, we listened to the audio of it and then here's another uh, article regarding the subject it says dear readers have you ever wondered why the modern term for a bit of information is called a byte. B-Y-T-E. The first fruit from the information superhighway, the modern day tree of knowledge, was the first personal computer. The Apple computer. Notice first that their company logo is an apple with a byte taken out of it. Not a B-Y-T-E, but a B-I-T-E. When we surf the internet, we are downloading bytes or bits of binary information. Everyday terabytes of information are downloaded worldwide. So they can deny the correlation between a byte out of the apple and a computer byte and how that relates to the Garden of Eden. They can deny that all they want. 
It really doesn't matter. An occultist is not going to come out and openly admit exactly what their logo was standing for. Only the, quote, initiated or those smart enough to figure it out are going to actually understand, understand the deeper meaning. And that's what we're looking at right now. Now, the image below is a clipping from a newspaper in 1976 when the original Apple I computer was being advertised. A few things really stood out. But one of them was the Apple logo, bottom of the left column, which is where they have Sir Isaac Newton under the tree and the apples getting ready to fall on his head. And it's called Apple Computer Company. Again, we've talked at length about the um, occult Rosicrucian connections of Isaac Newton. I, I did a whole study on that. So uh, they obviously had an obsession with the very same man. The next thing that stood out in the ad was the price, $666.66. Uh, obviously, they're not being real subtle with that price. Apple's new CEO, Tim Cook, also is a homosexual. And he is considered the most powerful homosexual in the tech industry. The uh, gay flag is very reminiscent of the Apple... The, when it was when it had the uh, multicolored logo on the apple, now it's just a solid, luminescent, glowing apple. But um, Apple's new CEO Tim Cook is a homosexual. He's considered the most powerful homosexual in the tech tech industry. Now there's links to all of these things that I'm saying, so you can check them out. And if uh, you want to know any more further about a particular thing I'm talking about, uh, Apple pulled the pulled the app for a ministry called Exodus International that helps people get out of the gay lifestyle. So they pulled that app. Apple did. So here's a ministry that is trying to help people get out of the gay lifestyle, and Apple says, no, thank you. Security researchers have discovered that Apple's iPhones keep track of you where you go and saves every detail of it to a secret file on the device, which is then copied to the owner's computer when the two are synchronized. The file contains the latitude and longitude of the phone's recorded coordinates along the timestamp, meaning that anyone who stole the phone or the computer could discover details about the owner's movements using a simple program. So it's the ultimate in Big Brother technology. Whether you know that or not, it is. Here's some quotes from Steve Jobs himself. Being the richest man in the cemetery doesn't matter to me. Going to bed at night saying we've done something wonderful. That's what matters to me. <laughs> Yet, he's doing the exact opposite. He's done the exact opposite. He's literally served Satan his whole life. But he thinks he's done something wonderful. Why? Well, it, because his heart tells him so. Because he has all these people, um, you know, telling him what a wonderful, probably licking his boots and telling him what a wonderful, great person that he is. But in God's eyes, from a biblical standpoint, he's not. He's trusted his own heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Well, it seems right that to him that he's done something wonderful. Everybody's told him all these things, but he hasn't. He's just really literally been fulfilling Satan's agenda from a technological standpoint. I mean, all of this technology is ultimately going to get to the point where they have the mark of the beast. Okay, which is going to be like a, a most likely some type of microchip computer 
that is going to be inserted into the right hand or forehead. Uh, that quote I just read from him was from Wall Street Journal in 1993. Here's another quote from Stanford Commencement Speech 2005. He said, quote, You can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something. Your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. This approach has never let me down. And it has made all the difference in my life. So he's trusted in his own heart. Well, the Bible says in Proverbs 28, 26, he who trusteth in his own heart is a fool. But that's supposedly an approach that's never let him down. And it's made all the difference in his life. So you got a guy like this who has these probably techno-geek people would look up to like a god on the planet. And if it's good enough for him, well then it's good enough for for those people as well. And how many people are following and have followed in Steve Jobs' footsteps? And how many people ultimately will he be responsible for getting into hell? Now I understand it's what you do with the Lord Jesus Christ. okay? But he's had a very evil influence. He, he sure isn't pointing people toward the Lord Jesus Christ. He's pointing them, trust your own heart. Go with your gut. You know, you got to trust in something. Your gut, your destiny, your life, your karma, whatever. Well, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Proverbs 3, uh, 5 and 6, I believe. So, yeah, that's who we trust in, not our gut or our karma or whatever. I like whatever the best. I personally like whatever. Just trust in whatever. Unbelievable. For Christians reading... This newsletter, do any of the above comments bother you? Why have I met so many Christians that seem to idolize Apple products? Why have Christians put rest in peace Steve Jobs on Facebook when nobody can rest in peace without the Prince of Peace? Christians did this? They put an RIP Steve Jobs page on Facebook? Christians? How could you call yourself a Christian and do something like that when the guy's burning in hell? Burning white hot in hell. And then he's going to be cast into the lake of fire. That's his destiny. But we we like to, as Christians, we, we, we want to give him a pass, maybe. Some, some do, evidently. And no, no, God wouldn't. He did so much good for humanity. God would never send him to hell. No, sorry. God is no respecter of persons. He's in hell. He's unrepentant. There was never any in, uh, indication the guy ever, you know, got saved. And you've got people that call themselves Christians putting rest, R.I.P. Steve Jobs on Facebook. Man, unbelievable. I took one of my students, now this is the guy writing the article. He says, I took one of my students from back in the day to a meeting in Atlanta. They had a guest speaker that night who spoke and the whole beginning of his talk was about Apple products that he owned. I, I have met some of these people. I mean, it is like a cult following with people that are Mac users or Apple users. I mean, it really, I mean, it's not so much Microsoft at all. Not saying that Microsoft's great with good old Bill Gates at the helm. But with Apple, it's different. It really is like a cult following. And it's always been that way. 
as far back as I can ever remember. Uh, anyway, he he, um, he this guy spent the whole beginning of the talk about Apple products that he owned, and went on and on about his love for those products. The Bible says, "Love not the things that are in the world." You know, anyone that loves the things that are in the world, the love of the Father's not in him. We're not supposed to go on. Oh, I love this this material possession thing. I love it. I idolize it. No, we're not supposed to be doing that. Um, and then he goes on to say, and, and then he brought a trash can on stage, this guy. And I knew, now the man writing the article says, and I knew without a shadow of a, d- a doubt that he was going to throw those gadgets that he supposedly loved so much in the trash can to make a point about his idol worship, which was obviously very obvious to everyone in the audience. Uh, now, this was a Christian meeting, too. Supposedly Christian meeting. Typical, as far as I can see. But, so, you, he said, I knew he was going to throw all these, trash can, these gadgets in the trash can to make the point about his obvious idol worship. No, but that didn't happen. At the end of the night, as we were walking back to the car, I wonder why he brought the trash can on stage. He kind of left me hanging on that one. I mean, I don't know. Was it Oscar the Grouch that came out? And he had a little song and dance episode there, maybe? Anyway, um... At the end of the night, as we were walking back to the car, my young friend said, that man has, a, has an unhealthy addiction to his gadgets. <clears throat> it was the most obvious thing in his presentation. <laughs> it's always good, you know, you go up there, proclaim yourself a Christian, show your obvious addiction to this, to Apple and these gadgets, the satanic com- company, and then, you know, I don't know what the rest of his talk was about, but it's pretty pathetic. He goes on to say, my goal is to try and make sure I never give Apple one nickel of my money my whole life. I think that's a good goal. I don't own any any Apple products and plan on keeping it that way. Mr. Jobs spent his final weeks, as he had spent the most of his life, in tight control of his choices. But for Steve, it was all about living life on his own terms and not wasting a moment with things he didn't like, think that were important. You know, like that song, I Did It My Way, you know? Well, I, evidently, that's that's exactly was his motto. I did it my way. Well, okay, you can do it your way, but in hell, you won't be able to do it your way anymore. You, you, you will have all of your choices are taken away from you in hell. All of your ability to choose what you want to do and what you do All that's taken away. All of it, everything's taken away. And it's just pure agony for eternity. So, you know, it's it's a sad thing, but that's that's the reality. It goes on to say he was aware that his time on earth was limited. He wanted to control what he did with the choices that were left. Mr. Jobs had a foresight to prepare four years worth of new products that will come down the Apple pipeline. For his death, he is quoted as saying, no one wants to die, even people who want to go to heaven don't want to die to get there. And yet, death, and, and yet death is a destination we all share, not, not, the, not the actual destination. Death is a process we may all share, but as far as the destination, no, he's wrong. And then he goes on to say, no one has ever escaped it. And that is the way it should be because death is very likely the single best invention of life. He's not going to, I guarantee you, about two seconds after he died, he wasn't saying that anymore. 
Then he goes on to say, it's life's change agent. It clears out the old to make way for the new. Eh, whatever, new ager. Your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. This man goes on to say, writing the article, he says, I'm afraid Mr. Jobs was wrong again. There are plenty of people who actually wanted to die. Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Um, then he goes on to say, I can't wait to die. Dreams come true on that day for a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Do you feel that way? While it's natural to want to live your life here on earth, aren't you at least a little excited about that last breath you will take? If not, examine yourself to make sure you are in the faith. Born-again people have nothing to fear in death. They have the joy of finally getting to see Jesus Christ awaiting them. Sadly, Mr. Jobs was just another wasted life. His life and his death had no eternal value. God graciously allows certain people to have a slow death so that they can repent of their sins and get right with him before they die. The good news is, I do not know of a man, oh, the good news is, I do know of a man who actually witnessed to Steve Jobs. The man writing this article knew of a man that witnessed to this man. Uh, he was an Apple employee who took the necessary time to share with him about Jesus Christ. But because of Steve's rejection of Jesus Christ, there was a big problem. John 3.36, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Salvation was offered to Mr. Jobs, and he had the total ability to accept it, or the total ability to reject it. His rejection of Jesus Christ did for him when he died on the cross, his rejection of Jesus Christ did for him when he died on the cross at Calvary had consequences for him on planet Earth, and now will have eternal consequences as well. He is currently burning in hell until the time he goes before God at the great white throne judgment to then be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. Now, he didn't put that last sentence in there. I did. Because that's the facts. I mean, that's the facts. Sorry. I, it's not politically correct, but it's truth. According to the Bible. Apple's logo is an apple with a bite out of it. Ironically, the thing that Eve did is the same thing Mr. Jobs did. They both rebelled against God, and there will always be consequences for that. So remember to be thankful for your salvation, and that you have that you have breath to speak the words of eternal life to other people. Uh, that your goal is to fight the good fight, to finish the race, and to keep the faith until the nets are full. So that was that particular article by Mark Cahill, and. 